This is Harry Hog Football, the original Redskins fan podcast. On today's show, we talk about the debacle of a game between the Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles. We talk about Vinny Serrato's post-game press conference, the injury report, and much more. Live with Aaron, Josh, and John. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Yo, 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 what's happening? (laughs) Yo, dudes, it is Tuesday night. And Jim Zorn is still gainfully employed by the Washington Redskins. Yeah, dude, but I gotta say, he looked like, uh, what, what was it I said? He looked like a kid that like farted in church and then got caught and then got taken out back and spanked over his daddy's knee. Or like beaten uh, behind the woodshed. Something, man. He didn't look like, he didn't look like he was all there. Like, you know, he had taken a, a pretty good beating or something. I don't know what it was, but hey, you know, he did stick his nose in there, so good for him. From the beginning of the game to the end of the game, he looked like he aged 10 years. Yeah. Had to be pretty damn frustrating. Sitting he back and having to let the Shermans call the plays. Dude, it's got to be humiliating. Seriously. Humiliating. Oh, absolutely. Well, dudes, I did predict on the last podcast that by this time, this recording that we're doing right now, that Jim Zorn would be fired by the Washington Redskins. And he's not. However, I forgot the fact that Jim Zorn still has three years left on his contract. So the Danny has nine million reasons not to fire, to fire him. him. Nine million reasons just, not to follow him. They're just trying to, to get him to, to quit. Uh, to, to fire him. And to try to get him to quit on his own so he doesn't have to pay him the three million dollars per year for the next three years that he owes. If I were him, I would just sit over there on the bench next to Chris Cooley and just, like, enjoy the games. Yeah, dude. Seriously. And throw the challenge flag randomly every once in a while. Yeah, time. is that all he does now is throw the the, the challenge flag? Because he know. might actually get that part right now that he's not worried about calling plays and screwing up time clock management and things like that. Um, I do know this. I don't know, dude. I don't, you know, I mean, he was still calling plays, though. At least that's what he said last night. I mean, in his press conference, he pretty much ignored what his what his mommy and daddy said and did it anyway, and he had a little smirk on his face about it. Yeah, <laughs> we were driving when we were driving down for that field goal. That was me calling those plays. Remember that one drive where we actually scored? <laughs> I called those plays. Um, I do know this. Whoever was calling the plays, it was much better and more dynamic last night than it's been all year. Yeah, there weren't all those stupid cutesy plays that that would get thrown in and that Jim Zorn, oh, well, let's see if this play works right now. Just because I feel like doing it. (laughs) All that crap that we had to deal with over the last, what, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22 games or so, 21, Mm -hmm. 22, 22. Oh, and let's run, run, pass. And then let's run, run, pass. And then let's do like a double super mega reverse with the Statue of Liberty. And And then I'll have the punter punt it to Randall L. down the sideline for a touchdown. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't have any of that cutesy crap that that Jim Zorn just would throw in randomly for no reason other than just because he felt like it, it seemed. So I I thought the play calling was better. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, they certainly didn't play call six sacks and three fumbles and four turnovers. or Yeah, three fumbles and a pick. Yeah, you can't they blame that. that. What are you talking about it? They they called all of that, dude. When they didn't they didn't draft O line, they didn't add to the O line, they didn't uh, update the O line to protect anybody oh. to throw a ball, dude. The offensive line. What was up they, with they Casey Raybuck hiking it into they his own sheet? They called all of those plays, dude. It ended. Do we want to go into the O line report first, or we don't want to do our uh, games and kicks? Uh, let's do the games and kicks. All right, and then, then we'll talk about because Aaron, I know exactly what you were going to say on that last play because that was just one of the most questionable things. It's like that—that that was a very fitting way for the uh, drive to end. It's for time sure. for this week's kicking the balls award. Dude, Aaron, what? seriously, I listed it what? the right way this week, and you put the wrong one up first. Why do we always kick the games, the kicks first? I don't understand it. We're supposed to do the games first. I switched it around the itinerary because you kept complaining. Oh, that's that confusing when here. you switched it around in the itinerary because I, I thought switched you didn't it around switch it and around. I didn't tell you, so you just kind of figured I'll uh, just do the opposite. Uh, All right, so, we'll, sorry. Let's go All ahead right, and well, give let's the kicks. <laughs> All right, let's do the game balls then. And now, the company in game ball award. Who, right. Listeners are going to be like, "That shtick's getting old. They need to stop doing that every week." It's not a, oh. it's not a shtick. Oh, there's no shtick here. It's just uh, playing um, ineptitude, just kind of like the Redskins' offensive line. Absolutely. Mm. So, and, which one are we doing? The games? Um, I'm, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the game ball awards. The game ball. I'll go first. <coughs> All right, go who's first. going? Who's going? All right, I'll go. Go. John knows who I'm going to give it to because I already told him. Yeah, I'm I'm giving my game ball to number 31, Mr. Rock Cartwright. Thought he had a solid game. He ran back some good kicks. He even stepped in in a running back position and had that one great run. Um, yeah. And and if you watched his interview after the game, he I thought he was very classy and humble. Um, he didn't point blame and things like that. He just said things that were obviously needed to be stated. You know, like, um, we just got to do better. We got to protect, we got to protect Jason Campbell better. You know, the O-line sucks. I mean, he pretty much said that. And we said, um, yeah. But, uh, other than and that, he I mean, right. he just, had a, he just <laughs> had a solid game. He had a solid game. And, uh, yeah. and so game ball to, uh, to Rock Cartwright. Yeah. Rock Cartwright's numbers. He had that one rush for 11 yards. It was a big rush. And uh, let's see, his return yards, he did have six kick returns for 161 yards. Nice. Dude, seriously. That's why he's always at the top. He's always, like, in the top two or three in the league every year returning returning the uh, the kicks every yeah. time. Yeah, but you know what? Can I ask I'd a question? Can I ask a question? Six opportunities. Why, not, why didn't they put him back there to return punts as well? Um. I don't know. Is it is it because you can't return kicks, you just can't return punts? That's that a good question. I, I I don't know if it's the dynamic of the way the ball is flying through the air as a from a place kick to a punt. If there's a big difference, a lot of teams do stuff like that, and I've always thought that was a little bit bizarre. But you know, those every... guys would probably say that's that's the difference between kicking a field goal and punting the ball. That's why you have to have two kickers, a kicker and a punter. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. They tried everybody else in this game. I mean, including like Mike Williams was back there re- returning punts. I don't understand. <laughs> that I don't understand been why, why they can't stick, you know, Rock Cartwright back there to return some punts. You, no, I, you know what they I, need I, to do? They need to have someone speedy back there like Santana Moss or somebody like that. Not Randall L. And then they'll catch the ball and they'll turn around and hand it off. A lateral to Mike Williams, and everyone just kind of surrounds him. And Mike Williams just puts both arms around the ball in that like like holding a bread loaf kind of way you do, with one arm on top <laughs> and one on the bottom, and just kind of tucks it into his girth, and just goes forward as best as he can. Dude, all he has to do, him. dude, all he has to do is just stick it in his belly button and pull it out when he dude, gets it. Dude, and, and we can stick Hainsworth in there to like block as his fullback. Yeah, all he has to do is pick up his girth and stick it up underneath there, and let his yeah, tuck it up underneath. Let yeah. it drop down, and, ha- and, and have Hainsworth as hands. the fullback. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Talk about a heavy jumbo. And this is why we should coach the Washington Redskins. Heavy jumbo, dude. That would be double super jumbo. Anyway, back to the point of the matter, John. Who are you giving your game ball to? Um, speaking of ninety-two, my game ball goes to Albert Hainsworth. Oh, that's a good dude. one. Dude. Dude, that's a good one. Go ahead. Go Albert ahead. Albert Hainsworth, his number his line on the game was three tackles and an assist, one sack for uh ten yards, I believe. But because of him That was the scissor sack. Andre Carter had a sack. <laughs> yes. Reed Dowdy was able to get in there. Dude. <laughs> um it, it, he created so much he created so much disruption in there that they were putting a lot of pressure on on McNabb over and over against a pretty good pretty good offensive line. I know they have some new guys on there this year, but they're a heck of a lot better offensive line than the Chiefs. And and Andre Andre Carter's playing better because of it. Other guys are coming in. Chris Wilson or Al Wilson, as I like to call him all the time, got in there. Um, Al Wilson. Al Wilson. He's just. <laughs> He's a defensive tackle. He's not going to play every game, He's but he's getting better every single game. He's playing more snaps than I ever thought he would. I think he's playing a lot more than he played on average per game in Tennessee. Like, he wants to be out there and on the field because he's getting pissed off. The more he's going along and how he came out last night and was just like, people on this team need to man up. Some guys just don't care. And he didn't say it like angrily or anything. He was just like people. People need to be like, yeah, we, we need to play. And he's calling Dude. people on his team out for not putting the effort out. And and he's just, I think he's 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 doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. And he's not going to be flashy about it because defensive tackles never are. Dude, I'm right. telling you that that scissor sack, as Aaron called it, dude, that was awesome. <laughs> I mean. Dude's laying on his back and he sacks a guy with his legs and he's not even he doesn't even touch him with his hands. And um, he didn't get called for it because it wasn't his fault that he got pushed into him. All but right. he just raised telling- all that everything he does is disruptive when he's on the field. And it's causing other people around him to get better. They just need to stop playing Philip Daniels, number one, because he's just ineffective. You know, that's great that he had some good plays against the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs, and they need to put a Rackpo up there at defensive end, or they need to place more Chris Wilson or Lorenzo Alexander, the one-man gang. Chris Wilson can damn play. We knew, yeah, we've we yeah. known this for two years. I don't understand why he doesn't get more time on the field. 
Um, because Vinny um, Serrato probably called that shot. Probably, but he's an idiot. We'll and get why to did that soon? Why did we cut? So cut Albert Haynesworth has, has got my game ball. All right, here's who my game ball is going to. Another defensive player, number ninety nine, Andre Carter. Another yeah, player. And this is I why. think of all the players. Yeah, Aaron. He had yeah. one sack, but the play that got him the game ball from me was the play where Michael Vick was trying to run right, and it was like open field, like Andre Carter versus criminal Michael Vick, and Andre Carter just <laughs> went up and took him out. Yeah, yeah, wrapped him up, pulled him down, I think by his ankles, like got down to his ankles and, and just held on. Yeah, he was like, where are you going? Down. Very athletic play. It looked, it reminded me kind of like a mouse trying to get away from a cat. And the cat was like, uh-uh. It's like the mouse <laughs> almost got away and the cat was like, bam, right at the last minute. And was like, yeah, I had you the whole time. Mm-hmm. I was just toying with you. And not to mention that he's just like a beast. Yeah. And he is, he has been so far the main beneficiary of having someone in the middle that can really bring the heat. Um, and speaking of that, I'm going to give a shout to Kedrick Golston because he is really, no pun intended, rounding into a very solid defensive tackle at this point, which is what we need because good old you know Cornelius, he places his heart out and he is he gets injured a lot and he plays through a lot of pain. But dude, you know he's not going to be able to be there forever. We need someone like Golston to be able to step up behind him. And he's really, I think he's having a solid year. He's getting really, he's getting better and better with every game too. And again, if you've got Albert Hainsworth next to you gobbling up two guys and you've got someone like Golston going one-on-one, you know, that's where Albert Hainsworth makes a difference. Yeah, he has to take plays off because he's big and fat. He's like 370 pounds. (laughs) That's, that's, you know, that's why he's so good at his position. And defensive tackles, if you look around the league at all the big... The huge, the B, the the BFFs, the big fat fatties that are out there. If you look at all those guys around the league, they do not play every play, either. None of those guys do. So, Colin, there you go. Hmm. All right. Mean, um, wow. Mean so we didn't. Kedrick. We did. Do you mean Kedrick Goldston? Kedrick Goldston. Yeah. So Odd. we didn't give any game balls to the offense, guys. Odd. I will. I well, did. Let's move on to... Um, I'll give you well, a kinda, yeah. Cartwright. Kind of. Yeah. yeah, special teams. All right. All right, all right. Yeah, the Redskins are a special team. Okay. <laughs> it's time for this week's Kicking the Balls Award. <laughs> this week's Kicking the Balls Award is brought to you by... Heck, I can't find it. To hell with it. <laughs> it's brought to you by Josh. Who's our sponsor this week? Uh, this week's sponsor for the Kicking the Balls Award go, is Teflon. Teflon, just like those receivers slipping off Carlos Rogers, Teflon can make your food slip right off the pan. <laughs> can we just give a collective kick to him and actually pick another one? Because, oh, man. <laughs> I, I think oh, we have to. I think we really have to, dude. Cut is right. 
Dude, he Does got burnt know so bad. How many times he got his ankles broken Rogers? on that touchdown by Deshaun by Deshaun Jackson, the second one, the one receiving he had because he got burnt once before and they didn't look his way. And you know, Jackson came back. He was like, "Dude, I got Teflon. I got Teflon Rogers. He got nothing. I'm gonna break his ankles. Watch this." He totally bit on that pump fake inside underneath when Tryon was actually playing where he was supposed to on that play. Uh-huh. Tryon had it covered, and Rodgers just, like, totally bit and was burnt completely. Man, I'm so glad that he's in his contract year. And I'm already thinking who is going to end up being the free agent, the overrated free agent that Vinny Serrato is going to try to bring in to replace him, if he even tries to do that if he still has a job. If he tries to do that, because he's such a dumbass, he might be like, oh, well, Carlos Rogers. Now, think of Vinny with his hair slightly askew and his big, wide eyes because he's all, like, tripped out. Oh, Carlos Rogers, he's really good. He's really, really good. Yeah, 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 he's good. We're going to sign him to, like, $10 million a year. Dudes, I'll tell you what I saw good out of it, though. I saw Carlos Rogers getting burnt (laughs) and giving up. Like, he just decided, oh, that guy's gone. I'm not even going to run anymore. And then Dude, totally. from behind from behind him, Chris Horton comes flying across the field like Daryl Green to try to stop the touchdown. Yeah. I mean, like Carlos Rogers, you're totally right, dude. Carlos Rogers absolutely gave up on that play. As soon as he saw the ball got caught, he just stopped running. Totally gave up. Cut. Yeah, but Chris Horton was already on his way over there because he saw – Carlos Rogers get burnt before the ball was even thrown. No, he probably he probably heard Carlos Rogers go, "Oh well," so he decided he had to run. <laughs> <laughs> oh Seriously. well. And back to Josh's we'll point from um, back to Josh's point or John's point from last week about Landry going downhill. I think he had shared in a lot of the responsibility for that dude's first touchdown. By mm-hmm. taking this hugely bad angle running in. I mean, someone got burnt on the first level. I think it might have been Andre Carter, actually. It was on that, that misdirection and Horton also. Well, I heard them call out Horton, but I don't know if that was his play. I'm not sure. But everyone pretty much bit on the misdirection on that. Yeah, that play sucked. It's true. All right, so who are you guys giving your other... Kicking the balls to you since we we all gave Carlos Rogers one. Hmm. Let's see who else is on offense. <laughs> we talked oh, about Casey Ray. Line gets a big kick. Step I'll get on my kick in the balls. I got it ready. All right, go for it. I'll get mine to Jason Campbell. Really? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm done with Jason Campbell. Okay. I'm I'm ready to see I'm I'm ready for to move on to whoever the quarterback is that that sucks that they're probably draft Sam Bradford who's going to suck in the NFL they'll probably draft him next year because we're going to have a top five or top seven draft pick um yeah I understand Campbell doesn't have an offensive line behind him and I've been a huge Campbell backer but I'm done with him he's slow on his reads he's running scared he looks like Patrick Ramsey did back in the day when when the Redskins coaching staff ruined him because they had a crappy offensive line in front of him. And this is how Second, you can tell. Second, first-round quarterback in a row they've done this to. And this is how he, you can he tell, He doesn't too. look off his, his receiver. He find, he locks onto his receivers now. All is ba- He's slow on his delivery with his big arm swing. 
that he used to have that Zorn worked him out of last year. He's got that back. Like all his bad habits are coming back. And he's just he's just too damn slow in his decision making to be a West Coast quarterback. He, he he's not fast enough. He can't do a three step drop. And he, he never ever ever gets a slant right. And ever he, he never gets the ball there in time. And, and he, you know the yes yeah, some of the the sacks were the offensive line's <laughs> fault, but some of the sacks and the turnovers were totally his fault. Okay, well, even all on right, plays you where he has yeah, what were, I'm, I'm, what were you gonna I'm, say, Aaron? Even on plays where he has like all day to throw, he like hurries it because he's afraid he's going to get hit. Yeah, that's, and the, he won't... that's the point. That's my point, guys. He's afraid he's going to get hit. He's, he yeah, knows he's been ruined. Sucks they ruined him so bad. He cannot yeah. get comfortable in the pocket. He can't get comfortable back there. And if you can't get mm-hmm. comfortable, how are you expected to lead a team? And this goes back to the offensive line. I'm just saying. I understand he's big and, and a little bit slow, but part of part of the whole. Th- Thing with his, you know all these problems he's been having, it all stems back to the offensive line, and I'm going to maintain that. I mean, I'm sorry. That's to me, that's what it is. Offensive line completely. Hold on, completely, completely sucks, <laughs> and they need to replace the freaking offensive line. It. it I mean, you got. It, it, I don't even get me started. I'm just saying. I see where you, why you're kicking him. I understand that, but you've got to look. Who sits in front of him? And you're right, John. You said I understand he's got uh, you know no lo- no offensive line behind him. Well, they're not in front of him. They're not behind him. They're they're on the ground. They're they're allowing guys like Teflon, our sponsor tonight, to slide right off and and come in and, and sack him. I mean, what he was on his back what six times in this game? Six times. More than no, that. that was just sacks. That's not even the hurries. He was hit no, that's, at least yeah, that's times. sacks. He was sacked six times. He was on his back all night. He may as well just lay down to take the snaps. I don't. Uh, it was horrible. He did horrible. a couple times. Well, Josh, to was, your point there, it's it's hard to hit your receivers when you're lying on your back. However, he's also having a you know back to what I said. I I have some of the stuff going on is not just the offensive line's fault. He's taking too long. He's not making dude. good decisions on the field and. Like I said, he had some really good stuff going early last year that Zorn was really working out, getting him a shorter throwing range in his arm, so he didn't swing it out behind him like like swinging it out like a big big like clock arm. Um, he was looking for through his progressions. He was looking off the defense, um, especially. He doesn't have time to do course. all of that stuff. And all of his all of his bad habits have come back because of the because of the offensive line. But you know, I'm still kicking him. Like I maintain I said, he does not. The he does line, not have some time. Of his decision making. But count, I do agree you with count you. Count another quarterback. That. Count yeah, another quarterback. Well, I, count how much time another quarterback has in the pocket to make these decisions to check down oh, yeah. once, twice, three times a lady, whatever it is. But <laughs> you look at you look at Jason Campbell, and you know he's got a chance to look left, to look center. Oh crap! I'm being sacked. I got to get rid of the ball, or I got to make a poor decision here. I mean, that's the way it looks. You know? Well, he's not even looking left or center anymore. That's how bad it's got. He just he's, looks he's, at one. His day. old habits are coming back. He's not looking left and then looking center. He's looking right at the guy he's going to throw to immediately. And that's that's one of the bad habits that are coming back. And yeah, it's it's just like Patrick Ramsey, someone who well, had some talent. I think Jason Campbell else. is much better than Patrick Ramsey, but or was, had better potential than Patrick Ramsey. However, it's 
you know, the offensive line is ruining him. He's afraid of getting hit all the time. And he's he's not a West Coast damn quarterback. It's just not working for him. All so right. Who gets my kick this week? I stand by it. My kick, my kick goes to Stephon Heyer. Stephon Heyer. I thought you were going to kick the whole O-line. <laughs> I, I am kicking the whole O-line. Now I'm going to pick them each individually and kick them. Stephon Heyer, nice. I'm, kick, I'm kicking you for um, at least, I don't know, I know it was at least 20 yards worth of penalties and negative yardage that you cost the Redskins. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on, odd body. Do, yeah. Get out there and do your job or get off the field. <laughs> he I'm, had that I'm one picking. hold on the run after the like after they had already passed him. And, and, and the other yeah. one was a clone of that. If you looked at the replay, he's wrapping his arm around the guy's helmet. Well, I mean, what, what is that about? Oh crap! I gotta hold him. I'm gonna hold him up under his chin strap. Because I mean, he didn't want Jason Campbell to get hit again. Well, yeah, but so. dude, but you know, at a certain point, you just suck. You say I suck, take <laughs> but me they out don't the have game, anyone better to put in there. In there. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Okay. There's no one better, <laughs> as we know. We'll talk about that in a bit. Well, let's keep kicking. Then you've got um, you've got um, uh, Casey Ray- Casey Raybach, who's who's uh, hiking the ball into his own butt cheek. <laughs> Which is what Aaron alluded to at the beginning of the cast. Right. You've got uh what what is hey, Dockery doing? Played all right. What is he doing? Who Dockery? Is, is he playing okay? Yeah, but you can't okay, I think Mike Williams had some good a couple of good spot uh bright spots. I yeah, watched then he got him burnt. um Yeah, but you know he made he made a couple of really nice blocks. He really he, did. He had one he gave up one sack, but I think he played and yeah, he was on the right side instead of the left, but he, I thought he played much better than Stefan Heyer and pretty damn good for someone who's only started two or three games since, what, 2005? Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm the, thinking in two weeks, maybe they need to move him to the left side. He had and that part one. of it is that he's just so big, people can't get around him. It takes him like an extra second <laughs> just to get around his girth. He had that one play where he lit up that cornerback or whatever he was. Oh, yeah, he... he 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 didn't pull. He just went straight down on a on a uh, run on that side. <laughs> and the announcer was like, "He just felt the brunt of Mike Williams." The brunt. <laughs> it was kind of like kind of like last week when who was it? Hainsworth fell on somebody, and then they they called that penalty, putting his entire body weight on the quarterback. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyway. I, I I keep kicking keep kicking the O line, but you know. Oh, that's dude, dude, be my you can't stop yet, dude, dude, you can't stop yet. You have to talk about Will Montgomery. <laughs> he was horrible. <laughs> dude, oh man, dude, what, what do you really want me to say? Do I really need to even go there? I I mean, it that is like so far removed from my mind. I mean, how can I? It's just the whole O line is horrible, horrible. <laughs> we I think we have some hope in Dockery. And Mike Williams is actually playing a heck of a lot better than I thought he would. And I would say I could foresee I him say, being a starter again in this league, like a legitimate starter, not just on our crappy yeah. team, but he <laughs> could start for other teams. The way he's improved so quickly, he's better than Stefan Hire. Yep, I say keep <laughs> Dockery, keep Mike Williams, and get rid of everybody else. I mean. Get rid, what about of, get rid of Casey Raybach. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of him. Dude, Raybach, yeah, Chaotic Funk had a bad game, and he's been bad the last few weeks. Dude, you got to keep Dockery. 
Yeah, you got to keep Dockery. Keep Dockery, keep Williams. I said that. Cut! I said that. Yeah, that's keep what, Dockery, that's what keep Williams. Said. Dude, can you Get guys rid of imagine? Else. Can you guys imagine how much worse it would be if Dockery didn't fall into our lap in the offseason? Totally, dude. And we're going to talk about that again when we're going to we're going to go into Vinny Serrato's uh, press conference that he had this morning. And I'm going to tell you, like, he, like he took credit for the fact that Dockery. He was like, we signed or I got Dockery. It's like Dockery <laughs> fell into our laps because the Detroit Lions didn't file the right paperwork to have a trade go through the day before free agency started. Buffalo was going to trade him to Detroit, and they didn't get their paperwork in by 5 p.m., and so he became a free agent. And he wanted to come back here because he liked his time in Washington. That's how we got Dockery. He fell into our freaking laps, and he actually takes credit for that. Um, <laughs> He's trying to protect his phony baloney job, gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know, dude. But here, can we like out Louis Pay. I don't know, but can we can we like take a break? I need to like calm down. Oh, well, Aaron hasn't so. kicked anybody yet. Yeah, I need All to right, give go, my go kick. Ahead. I'm giving and my Josh kick. I give my kick to number eighty-two, Randall L. For once, we actually got some form of momentum going for the first time this year. We scored, we held them, they punted, and he fumbles it off he his head. Hit him yeah, right in the dude, face. Off his face mask. Unacceptable. And that basically no killed any momentum that we had going. No excuse. It was a turning Aaron, point in the game. That brings the question why is he still back returning punts? Um, it probably has something to do with the ineptitude of the upper management. I guess. Because Danny Smith, you'd think he'd make a better decision than that because he seems to be the only guy on the coaching staff that knows what the heck is going on. For instance, and we need to give him a shout-out for this. Dudes, they had that penalty where they said that the Redskins, number 35, had a low block on a kickoff. And we were and like, they, yeah. they marched us 15 yards back, and everyone's lined up, and we're getting ready to hike the ball, and Aaron and I are talking on the phone, and we're just like, there is no thirty. Who is that? Martin Mayhew. There is no thirty-five <laughs> on the Redskins. And, Danny and finally, Smith Danny Smith ballistic. is out there, like his his blood vessel, like in his forehead, is about to explode. He's like trying to yell at the official and get their attention. Finally, he's like, "We don't have a thirty-five. with many curse words interlaced in that. And finally, they were like, "Oh, like right before the ball got snapped, they're like, oh, wait, hold on.'" We meant 35 on the Eagles. <laughs> that was a 30-yard swing that Danny Smith, of all the people on the field, all the people on the sidelines, all the coaches and consultants and vice presidents and player personnel, but that, <laughs> guys, all those guys missed it except for damn Danny Smith. And, and Jim Zorn missed saved it. us 30 yards on that. And then I thought it was awesome because he's yelling at the ref, yelling at the ref. They finally fixed it. And he, like, turns away to walk away, and he's shaking his head. And right when the camera goes away, you see him go, Mother! And he finished the word right when the camera cut away. Like, how Dude. stupid can these people be? And, and Zorn, doesn't really even, Zorn doesn't even have anything else to do now. I mean, you would think that that would have been, like, right there on the forefront of his mind. What? You know, it's not like he's got to deal with other stuff. I mean, what's he doing? He's coaching quarterback. <laughs> he, he's not yeah, calling why didn't plays. He, call he was too worried about what everybody else was calling and and how he could stick his nose in there and call a few plays himself. I don't. I yeah, mean, at one point I was like, right, why John, is he looking if at the sheet? It wasn't for him, like busting a vein. 
And this is, is the it, second time in a few weeks that we've seen Danny very visibly. Danny Smith, get out there. Like, what was it the other week when he was just like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't call timeout yet. Don't call timeout yet. Like, all in Zorn's face. Like, dude, no, 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 no. Mother. <laughs> Why did Zorn have the play sheet in his hand? <laughs> I don't know, dude, because he called so, him. I told you that. He called him. Well, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. Did he, like, sneak it in, like, under his jacket? Did he, like, like steal one from the Sherman's offices? Yeah, dude. There's no no signs allowed. Well, there was one time, There was one time in the fourth quarter where I saw Jason Campbell at the sideline and Zorn was giving him a play. You know, old school way. All sneaky. They were they were passing notes. I think that was I think that was the I think that was the uh, Raybach uh, butt cheek fumble play that he was calling. That fourth and four. Yeah, that was awesome. How the hell you snapped the ball and hit yourself in your own butt cheek? <laughs> Casey Casey Robot came through. off the field and and Jim Zorn's like writing on a sharpie <laughs> on his on the back of his butt. Here's the next play I want you to run. I don't. He care like what they circles call the spot on his butt. He's <laughs> like, there's a brown mark. He's like, no, nope, not that brown mark. This brown mark is where you hit yourself in the butt with the ball <laughs> when you were snapping it. Right in the chaotic chaotic funk. <laughs> anyway. Uh, do we need to move on to the O-line report, or do we pretty much just cover it all? I th- We've I covered think we the O-line. Of it. Okay. We've covered, you know, you let's don't even move need to play the music this week. Let's move yeah. on to the uh, Vinny Serrato report. All right. About how disillusioned about that. Okay, go ahead. Um, Vinny Serrato had a small, quick press conference this morning, Tuesday morning at Redskins Park. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's, it was a very short one. Um, and the Washington Post was kind enough to post a transcript this evening um, <laughs> about the press conference, which was uh, which was very interesting because I saw pretty much all of it on Comcast today. And uh, I'm going to read some of it for for your listening pleasure because you're you're going to be like, you really actually you shouldn't be surprised at all. All right, so jumping in. The question from one of the reporters. Are you surprised by the lack of production of the backup offensive lineman, Vinny Serrato? I think when you look at the, are you talking about all the sacks and stuff? (laughs) The reporter. Yeah, I'm talking about everything. (laughs) Vinny Serrato. Such as? (laughs) The reporter. Sacks, no pass protection. Many players today said you guys didn't address the line. You knew it was a problem and you didn't address it. People have said it's one of the worst lines in the league. All that. Vinny <laughs> Serrato. Who's people around the league? <laughs> like he's going to go take care of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just like, oh, yeah, you need to qualify who you're talking about. So the reporter says, people on that. other teams, commentators on TV, say you haven't addressed the line. Serrato. We tried to address the line. We added Dockery. We added Mike Williams. When we were in the draft, there was nobody at 13 worthy of it. Are you having the results you wanted? No. We don't want to have sacks. If it was Chris Samuels and Randy Thomas in there, would it be better? Absolutely. If you lose a pro bowler, it's definitely going to drop off. I guess where we're standing right now, to have more depth, that would be great. Yeah, like we've been saying for here. Like we've been saying for years. Yeah, the reporter. Is it too early to say this is going to be the main target going into the offseason, talking about the offensive line? Serrato says, 
It's too early to tell. What? <laughs> Dude, here's what I have to say. What they really want to ask Serato is, do you have any foresight whatsoever? You would have seen this three years ago like Harry Hog Football. Yeah, three years ago. When and you he lose, goes on to talk about, you know. When you lose um, some of your aging linemen, I mean, how am I supposed to know I'm going to lose some aging linemen eventually? Yeah, exactly. He's just like, we don't have, no teams have Pro Bowl backup people to back up people like Chris Samuels. And uh, let's it, see, they moved on. If we had Russ Grimm, this wouldn't be happening. Yeah, seriously. Do you feel you gave Jim Zorn, um, this is the best part, moving on. Do you feel like you gave Jim Zorn, Jim, a roster that could get to the playoffs? And Vinny Serrato, I saw this part, answered very quickly, yes. You do feel that way? Yes. And you could tell, like, he was getting really pissed off at this point. And uh, it went on for a couple of more questions, but uh, he basically said that Zorn's job was in limbo for a few days, and things are hunky-dory and flowery and pretty and smell really great in Redskins land. And excuse me while I go talk to my buddy, Larry Michael. Yeah. <laughs> How does that woman that writes for the Post know anything about football? Wait. It's a man sport. <laughs> Dude, read that first line again where he starts to answer it, and then he goes, you mean sacks and stuff? Yeah, he goes, do you mean sacks and stuff? No, the, on, like that before, that, before that part where he tries to sound all, like, intelligent. And then he goes, you mean sacks and stuff? <laughs> yeah, dude, you're totally right. So the reporter says, are you surprised by the lack of production of the backup offensive lineman? And Vinny Serrato says, I think when you look at the, are you talking about all the sacks and stuff? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, that's, I'm talking about everything. And Vinny says, such as. <laughs> and the reporter had his act together, whoever it was. I'm not sure who it was because it doesn't say here, but the reporter's like, sacks, no pass protection. Many players stay today said you guys didn't address the line. That's the worst in the league. People are saying that. And he's like, Who's people around the league? Like, who are you talking about? I haven't heard that. <laughs> These, like, people on other teams, commentators on TV. All of the fans. And then he tries, like I was alluding to earlier in the in the podcast, he tries to take credit for getting Dockery, like that was part of his big master plan. <laughs> oh, and man. then Mike Williams, who was like a total... And Mike Williams, who we got because, basically, of Dockery. Yeah, he's because like... they were friends from playing back in college. Yeah, he's like... I got Dockery by accident. I got a former first-round pick that weighed 500 pounds overweight. <laughs> I mean, what else do you want me to do? Draft someone? Yeah, and, and through the whole interview, he's like all terse and and curt with his answers, especially when they're like, "Do you think Jim has a roster that can make it? Can you know make the playoffs?" He's like, "Yes." But do you really think that? Yes. Oh, uh, and everyone at that point is. You can just tell everyone's like looking, like staring at him. It's like everyone collectively looks down and like writes a little note, like "Okay, dude." <laughs> anyway, all right. Yeah. I think that's enough of the Vinny report. Yeah, that was awesome. Should we take a little break? Please. Uh, <laughs> you mean all the sacks and stuff? Josh needs to. Uh, uh, Josh needs to hammer down. Josh needs to work out his leg from kicking so many people. So, all right. We'll be back in a few seconds after this station ID. Whew. This is Harry Hog Football. 
the original Redskins Fans Podcast. Now in high definition. Only at HarryHogFootball.com and RedskinsBook.com. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. All right, we're back. And in case you didn't hear, this week's episode is brought to you by DuPont's Teflon. Number 22 uses it. Why shouldn't you? <laughs> I got to point out here. And that our Teflon, other sponsor, Cialis. <laughs> <laughs> I got to point out here that the Teflon comment right. was actually sent in from one of our listeners, Razor, from England. Who now lives in Chicago. Via Chicago. So thanks a lot. He also sent us an email, a long, drawn-out email, where he agrees with Josh about Jason Campbell not being the problem. And other things. So thanks for that email. It was a good email. You could tell he was he's pissed off just like the rest of us. So he, he went through kind of line by line talking about different things. Yeah, dude, he had a lot to say. He had a lot of good stuff to say. Yep. Oh, you mean about the sacks and stuff? <laughs> dude, I wish that I had that. quote of the year. I wish I had that Aaron, sound you bite. totally called it out. You're just like, he tries to sound all, sound all like smart and astute and everything, and then he like cuts himself off in the middle. Well, like, if you look oh, at the, uh, you mean sacks and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I wish I had that sound bite. That'd be awesome. Dude, why don't, oh, why don't we make we Danny Smith? It. Why don't we make Danny Smith the head coach? Um, he'd get kicked out like every game. Yeah, but that's the kind of right. that's what we need. That's what we need, and that's what Razor was saying in his email too. He's got like he has the kind of uh, passion that you know that we need to like jumpstart and get this team kicking. Dude, I don't know. You know I don't know if he's the kind of guy that could be a head coach. He's like a career special teams coach. He's been doing it for like, what, 22 years or something like that. Yeah, I'm I think he might be the kind of guy who's like, I don't want all, I don't want all that. I think he's got his niche. I'm yeah, not saying don't let him his niche. that he keeps, you know, that he doesn't do special teams anymore. That could be his now, deal. Yeah, anyway, uh, yeah I don't um, want him to be the next Terry Rubisky. Anyway, it's time for the injury report, and I'll play the music right here. All right, injury report. Right. It's a big one this week. It's time for the injury report. Look out! To make oh, matters man. worse. The injury report. It's, it's, it's chock full of great stuff. Uh, the big one, obviously, is uh, Chris Blondie Cooley, <laughs> who initially they said he broke a bone in his foot, uh, second opinion and all that good stuff. He's got a broken bone in his ankle. He ha- He's going to have surgery. They're putting like two or three pins in there. And best case scenario is that he actually could be back in four weeks. Worst case is that he's out for the rest of the year. So we'll see how that shakes up or shakes out. So... We're going to be seeing a lot of the second-round pick out of USC. Fred Davis, who did not have a Fred bad Davis. game. Fred Davis. 
who did not have a who had a great day receiving eight for 78 he had a touchdown after he dropped a touchdown uh dude can't block anything I mean, he yeah. is your quintessential. I don't know how this guy got the the Mackey Award for the best tight end in, in college sports because I guarantee you there's a whole lot more tight ends that could catch the ball and actually make a block once in a while. But in any event, it's it's going to be tough. We're going to see a lot of him and our boy Todd Yoder. Yoder, Yoder, Yoder. He learned his he learned his blocking from Stefan Heyer, dude. Keep it. <laughs> Odd. Oh yeah. Um. Let's see. What else we got? Campbell, Portis, Sellers, Byron Hainsworth Westbrook. all have sprained ankles. Um, Carlos Rogers apparently has two, but he's not listed on the injury report at this point. He sprained it when um, he was jumping up, remember? he sprained, Oh, yeah, that's right, a few weeks ago. He sprained it um, when he was trying to turn to catch up to Deshaun Jackson after he got burnt on that touchdown. Yeah. Stefan Heyer strained a ligament in his knee, which is when we saw Levi Jones come in for one play in the fourth quarter. And I guess Stefan Heyer was like, damn it, get me back in, coach. Um, maybe he had to sit out for one play. I didn't even know that Levi Jones, another former first-round pick, reclamation project, um, I didn't even know he was active for the game. And I thought it was a little questionable they had him in number 76. I think it was a little too soon to be giving up Jansen's number. Speaking of injuries, dude. Why is Chris Samuels not on the IR net yet? I think they were they were going to wait a week or two. It sounds like he's going to go on the IR this week um, and probably end up retiring at the end of the year. But I think they wanted to wait just to be sure because there could be some miraculous recovery in a few days. And if they put him on IR after that or before that, then they'll be like, oh, crap. We can't play him. But fully expect him to go on the IR this week and be on a – and retire at the end of the year. It kind of sucks. Um, Cornelius sprained an elbow again. He's had a lot of elbow problems the last couple of years. Hmm. Um, hopefully he'll he'll be able to recover from that during the bye week. Um, HB Blades and Byron Westbrook both had knee injuries. I know Westbrook was hobbling around on crutches today at Redskins Park, but they think both of them are going to be able to play in a couple of weeks against Atlanta in the ATL. And uh, it sounds like the most significant injury of all of them is higher. And I only say that because as much as he sucks, who is going to back him up? Levi Jones. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Dude, Dude, we actually – Last night before the game, I was like, John, I have no idea who's playing offensive line tonight. Yeah, and I was like, dude, you know, it's going to be Will Montgomery or, <laughs> you know, the Fresh Prince, Will Smith, or somebody. I don't know. Um, I'm going to suit up. Josh, you Josh should is shoot heading up. up. Josh, if Josh did play, he'd, like, wear that hog nose during the game. <laughs> dude, I'm, you know what? I'm telling you, they need to take Mike Williams and Albert Hainsworth and run them as a running back, fullback tandem. On the goal line. They need to start doing this. See, if we were the coaches, we would do something like that. And we would score. It would be like 92 reported eligibility. It would be like every tight end and Mike Sellers as a tight end. So there would be like four tight ends on the field. And we'd have those two guys running as a running back and fullback. Behind every fatty we could get on there. We'd put Cornelius in at right guard. (laughs) 
It'd be awesome. Here's what you'd have to do. You'd have to run like a sweep, but you'd have to have a couple fatties pull the opposite away to block like the fast cornerbacks and stuff hitting them from behind. Exactly. You'd have to have a couple of those guys back there to, to look out for the corners and the safeties coming up on like back pursuit. And then just well, let them well, get like ahead of steam and just bowl people over. Yeah. You know, I, I'm fine with like a Portis Sellers backfield, but why can't we stick uh, why can't we stick those big fat fatties up there um, on the O line? Why can't we? Well, bring you know what's something. Hainsworth to play, a, you know, offensive guard or something while when we go down <laughs> the goal line. Dude, you uh, brought up a good point. And actually on one play, it was before we scored the touchdown to a Devin Thomas. On the play yeah. before that, for the first time this year, I saw the one-man gang in as a tight end, number 79, Lorenzo Alexander, who is known for playing both sides of the ball. Put him in there as a heavy jumbo tight end. I know they probably did it as like an emergency thing to because Cooley had been out. But he needs to be in there more doing that. They're not playing him enough at de- on the defensive end or right. as a defensive tackle because he plays both. They're not playing him enough at that for him to be too tired to go in for a damn heavy jumbo package. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and it's offense- something that used to work in the past. Why have they? It's like having Chris Wilson as a and as a defensive rushing a defensive end rushing on passing downs. It's something that worked really well a couple of years ago. Why is it taking them so long to find find this again? Dude, you know, think about it seriously. We've become so specialized as a league. The league has become so specialized. You play a position and that's what you play and that's what you play. It's like I hate that. you know, you think think about it back in the day. I mean, think about, you know, look at someone like, oh, uh, you know, Sammy Ball. I mean, uh um seriously, look at all the positions that players used to play. Yeah. You know, other other than their quote main position. I mean, there were guys that would play both sides of the ball. There were guys that would that would catch, that would pass, that would punt, that would kick, that would I mean, you know, why why can't we do some of that again? Mix it up a little bit. Maybe that's what the league needs now. Maybe we're too stuck in this sort of single tunnel vision of player specialized positions. Maybe we need to, maybe learning some of these other positions and being in and understanding, being in the shoes of these other positions will help you better in the position that you're typically playing. I don't well, know. You look at some, yeah, you're right, dude. You look at some of the teams that have been very successful this decade. Uh, the Patriots do that with putting linebackers in as tight ends. Uh, Mike Vrabel, uh, specifically, yeah. who does a great job blocking, and he caught a, a, a whole lot of touchdowns as a tight end. Um, declaring him eligible. Um, the Ravens have done this as well. And I'm sure there's other teams that have been doing it in the league. It's just, it's, it, we have so, we can't even get to that point because our basics are so shoddy. <laughs> it's, it's like we can't even do stuff of that nature. It's like that is I mean, so above and beyond the, the scope when we can't even do like a simple regular running play or hike the ball without hitting our own butt cheek. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at the special teamers, you know, Rock Cartwright and um, Mike Sellers. I mean, those guys can tackle with the best of them. I yep. mean, why not move them? I mean, they're playing both sides of the ball essentially anyway because they're playing on special teams. You know, why can't we mix it up a bit when we get in these goal line situations and put some guys over there, you know, to pull them over from the defense if we have to? Um, sure. You know, I say they should start practicing like that a little bit in, in practice and see what they can make of it. 
Well, dude, if any more offensive linemen get injured, they're going to have to start pulling over some defensive linemen. Again, yeah, if, if we, we lose if another O lineman, Lorenzo Alexander is going to be playing guard. Anyway, we need to get moving on. Uh, this thing yeah. a little bit long here. Real quick, a couple more things to hit on. Um, Sherman Lewis, how do you think he did in the uh, his debut as a play caller? Uh, we we kind of touched on this already. He did. I thought he did better than Zorn. I already put my opinion out there on that one. Me too. I think so too. Do we have to add anything else? All right, moving forward so. from that. Uh, Josh, you said we don't have a Tom's trivia this week. I guess he's too dejected from the game, or he's still trying Probably to get home too, from the stadium. Yeah. Probably so, man. You know, as I was watching the game, I think I texted. Uh, it was either you or John at one point, and I said, "You know, I think I'm. I think acceptance is starting to, you know, sink in here. It's like you know, you go through those classic. You got your denial, and then all of this. Then you get angry, and then eventually you just start accepting it. And now I, now I just start laughing. Like I watch the Redskins play, and everything's just kind of funny. Oh, I, I accepted you know, it. You accept you accept the full suckitude. I accepted it. I accepted it after like, the Carolina you know, game. Yeah, a weekly, a weekly comedy. Oh boy, can't wait to see what farce of a game they're going to play this week. I mean, um, it really is the whole like yakety sacks, man. It's it's you get out there and you're. Actually, Josh, I remember you texting me saying that the Redskins were going to go eleven and five, and I said something like, "You're on crack or something." It could still happen. <laughs> it could still happen. Mark right? my words, he said. <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah, that was in that was in a joking in a joking way for sure. <laughs> okay, all right, I, real quick, I want I want to touch on this before we end right. this thing. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I read an article today and it made me really upset, and basically just wants me to boycott anything that could possibly make money for Dan Snyder. And it's the fact that apparently last night at the stadium, people were showing up wearing shirts that say like "Fire Vinny" and you know "Dumb and Dumber" and have like Vin, have like Dan Snyder and Vinny Serrato. And, yeah, they had uh, signs and shirts. Some people had shirts. A lot of people had signs, and some people actually had shirts made. And they were gathering like those yellow security dudes around people. And trying to force them to like turn their shirts inside out and take them off, like all communist Russia style. And I think that's going a little bit overboard, dudes. Yeah, they made people throw their signs away. Apparently, they used to have a uh, you can't have signs that are offensive, blah 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 thing. Then that's that's fair enough. But they changed the rule because of last week so many disparaging signs about Dan Snyder and Vinny Serrato and the team in general. That they now have a rule that you can't bring any signs to the stadium whatsoever. However, Unless I did you notice take them on your blanket. And the same thing with shirts: is the shirts are seen as offensive in any way that they uh, they can force you to remove the shirt or turn it inside out. Yeah. So it's wait, 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 wait. So let me get this straight: a woman walks in to the game. She's not wearing a bra, but she's wearing a shirt. It's offensive. She has to remove it? They'll make her turn it inside out, supposedly. Right there in the stands? I don't know, dude, but the, there was a an article in the Washington Post blog, I guess, and it was talking about how there it was, was... Dan Steinberg, yeah. And there were comments in there with people that were at the game where they saw this stuff happen, and like, 
like more than one security guard like pushing people and making them you know change their shirts and tell them threatening that they're going to lose their season tickets and all this calling uh, in the prince you know it's prince george county communist calling Nazi in cops stuff. as backup to force people to do things like throw away their posters and signs or turn their shirts inside out mm-hmm. or face what if the consequences a- what if it's a tattoo on your body or, or paint? I don't know. I guess they'd make you cover it up. The point is, is that I think we should all boycott buying any Redskins memorabilia or anything else that's going to get Dan Snyder money. Like, and I personally am not going to go to another game in FedEx Field until the team is sold. Ever? Ever. Until the team is sold. Are you serious? Absolutely. Well, dude, that's why we started going to uh, away games a couple starting a couple seasons ago. We well, don't yeah, want to give that. money to Dan Snyder anymore. The guys, the security people at FedEx have already been a bunch. You know, they are, we already knew like two years ago that these guys were a bunch of pricks, and the people that work the vendors are a bunch of cheats that steal. And now it's just gotten worse. It's it's gotten much much worse. Obviously, from what we've been reading from the articles in the post. And from the fans that have uh, been adding to that blog, uh, mm-hmm. Dan Steinberg's page on there. And, you know, why would you go there? The, the, it was bad enough trying to go there because there's nothing to do. The traffic's horrible. We've talked about all this before. And this is why we go to, ga- to away games. We've been to Cincinnati last year. We went to Charlotte this year. The people are nice. It's easy to get to the stadium. Uh, things are cheaper. There's stuff like, you know, there's stuff going on. And... and it's it's the exact it's a nice fan experience for anyone that's a football fan, and it's the exact opposite of the way that it's been at FedEx Field for the last ten years. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, Dan Snyder, you know, just not wanting to give anything else to Dan Snyder, who has done everything possible to rake in as much money and to just take as much as he can from the super loyal Redskins fans, just to take advantage of us for as long as he has. Because mm-hmm. he knew when he bought the team, he was really buying this loyalty. Where he could do whatever he wanted and make money, and people were still going to do it because he had that huge uh, season ticket waiting list that has all but disappeared disappeared into nothing. So when the games get you know blacked out because the season tickets aren't sold out, Next just year. go ahead and uh, you know don't give in and go to the games. Just uh, you know buy the Sunday ticket; it's cheaper anyway. Anyway, already. That's my take on it. That's my take, and I'm sticking with it. Anyway, like Teflon. Look up that article if you get a chance, and you'll see. Like, especially read the people's comments that were at the games, and they have all these stories where they're like, oh, "I was there, and I saw this, and it's like some crazy stuff." Well, and well, I did well, want to I'll point put out. A link up on our on the site here. I did. I did want to also point out they had that no signs rule. Yet during the game, somehow they got a sign in that said like unconditional love for the Redskins. Yeah, did they make them get rid of that sign? Did they make them throw that sign away? Hmm. No, because it's like Danny's propaganda. (laughs) (laughs) My hat's off to those fans for actually having that sign, because that's cool. Yeah, because, you know, we could be bailing like so many Fairweather fans are now. We're still sticking to the team. As tough as it's getting, we're still sticking with our team. You have to find a way to support the team without supporting the owner. Right. So anyway. Anyway, um, 
does that about wrap it up for this week oh one more thing real quick we're already at an hour here uh brian mitchell went into the ring of fame at halftime and he had a very nice humble speech he only spoke for about a minute um, and he was good, and he actually did thank Dan Snyder, because apparently Snyder, and I'd heard this before, but apparently Snyder actually talked to him one-on-one last week and said, you know what, I'm really sorry that I cut you from the team. It was a mistake. Shockingly, it was a mistake for me to get dumbass Sanders in here and to cut you, and I wish I hadn't done it. I got, I listened to advice from other people, and it wasn't good advice. Which that bothers me because you know who the other person was. Oh yeah, I'll tell you though if you watch the post game on Comcast, all of the Comcast reporters were pissed. I mean, including um, including KJ, which was kind of sexy in a way. Um, But uh, B Mitch, (laughs) B Mitch was pissed off. I mean, he was like you know basically, and he's he's done it before. But I mean, just talking about how. You know, if they need somebody to come in and straighten him out, he's the guy. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. I'm just yeah, glad they gave him his due. I'm really glad they mm-hmm. gave him his due. Anyway, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. A controversial Alrighty. episode of Harry Hog Football. Number 188. Look out, dudes. Harry Hog Football could be next. They're going to try to ban Harry Hog Football. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, we're creeping up on episode 200. We need to have a big 200 celebration. We got to figure out when figure out when that week falls. But Some, uh, sometime um, I in think the it falls right after the end of this debacle of a season's going to be over. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this week is a bye week, so uh, thankfully you know, we'll enjoy the rest, and hopefully um, there won't be much to report about next week uh, unless it's good things. So we'll, we'll see. And uh, I guess we'll have a podcast again. 189 will be next week in the bye That's right. Yep, we'll talk to you guys next week. Until then, uh, hail to the Redskins. And as always, not Dan Snyder. And if you see a Cowboys fan, Joker. Joker!